0: Well, hi everybody. This is Sam, the host of the podcast, Why Are You Sober? And as always, I am so glad and grateful you all are here. So this podcast is a place where sober addicts can come and tell their stories, uh, tell what their addiction was, where it brought them, how they got sober, and then why they continue to choose sobriety today, which is why it's called Why Are You Sober? If you happen to be a sober addict and would like to come on and tell your story, I would love that. So you can get in touch with me at Sam at WhyAreYouSober.org, or you can go to my website, which is WhyAreYouSober.org, and connect with me there. And that's where you can also find... Other information about resources, especially in case you are somebody who is looking to get sober. If that also happens to be the case, you can also get in touch with me. Maybe you just have some questions, just have some thoughts. Maybe you know someone who's sober and just need someone to talk to. You can definitely get in touch with me as well. I would really love that. So, Last week, we had my friend Barbara on, and I got to tell you, it was so great to reconnect with her after such a long period of time and to just uh, come together on our joint stories of sobriety. Uh, That has been one of the greatest gifts uh, on this side of sobriety is the connections that I've made that have just been so amazing and connections with people who I thought were gone in my life and are now back again. That has been such a joyful experience to have and this podcast has has just been so wonderful So, this week we have another friend of mine from my Gordon College days, and her name is Corey. Uh, Corey's story is a little different, but as always, I love that about uh, all of our stories. And her story definitely has some uh, periods of relapse, which uh, I just encourage her as always. Uh, And she is an amazing spirit and person, and she is constantly persevering through stuff. But she is also a joyful light of a person to have in my life. So I hope you enjoy her story as much, again, as I enjoyed talking to her and reconnecting. Um, so I'll start us off with the serenity prayer. Good and gracious friend, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen glad you've uh come on to the podcast to tell your story uh so you and i connected back at gordon college right
1: that's great and
0: yeah. what were you just a year behind me i mean i i walked in 2004
1: uh yeah because i would have walked in like 2005 yeah okay. but i yeah i had to leave school so.
0: yeah um So, yeah, so we were just, uh, yeah, just a year apart, Um, but I remember being in um, the deaf ministry with you. Yes. Among other things, but yes, definitely the deaf ministry and working with you in chapel and stuff, so that was great. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so basically, I usually start out by just asking people, what is your addiction?
1: So, I both, you know, I consider myself an addict and an alcoholic. Um, Mm Mm-hmm with the alcohol and I also was addicted to uh, medications like prescription medications. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: when did, when did you kind of start doing that? Like when did things kind of kick off?
1: Um, the very first time was probably, I was like 15, 16, Mm -hmm. but it really got bad after like college.
0: Okay. But like, but you, you started like experimenting with stuff back in like high school. Yeah. And, And what was growing up like for you?
1: Oh, I lived here. Um, my mom, my dad, my brother, and I. It was just the four of us, and you know, growing up was a pretty good childhood. I um, then, when I was fifteen, uh, is pretty much when things changed because I was sexually assaulted. So oh. that.
0: Well, I'm sorry to hear that. No. Yeah.
1: That's okay. You know what? Things happen, right? Mm-hmm. For a reason. Yeah. And, uh, so that's when my drinking really took off was around then.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so how much, how much would you say that you were experimenting back in high school?
1: Um, it started, you know, with parties and just getting pretty hammered at parties and, and then just it kind of went from there. It was mm-hmm. like, it got to a point where I was every day needing to drink, mm-hmm. uh, needing to take something.
0: And that it got to that point in high school already.
1: No, oh, no, that no, was no, that was that after was further college. down the road. Okay,
0: okay. So just in high school, you were just experimenting, and then so in college, were you doing much experimenting then too?
1: Yeah, I was um, hanging out with people that were, uh, you know, doing a lot of oxycontin, and mm. definitely the drinking just continued. You know, it was. My mom, um, her father was an alcoholic, so she, I wouldn't call her an alcoholic, but my uncle, and she's got nine brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. kind of runs in a family, and so I would drink with my uncle, I would drink, you know, mm-hmm. it would be, it was there, and I would take advantage wherever it was. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so tell me, so how did, how did it all come, yeah, so what was your drinking like? Like, tell me your story.
1: All right. Yeah. So like in high school, you know, I would drink and, you know, I liked how I felt. Mm-hmm. I liked, I liked the fact I wasn't feeling actually would probably be the best way to put it. And, um, it just kind of spun off, you know, I dabbled in it in high school, but in college, definitely when I was like, yeah, I don't want to deal with life. This is how I learned to deal with things and put my emotions away. And, um, you know, I would either take a pill to sleep or I would, you know, drink to, you know, numb my, my feelings or just to get through the day. And it just kind of got to the point, even up into adulthood. Um, I was working, I'm, I'm a nurse, and I was working at um, an office and I was just so gone. I went into work, and I, you know, by the grace of God, I had never hurt anybody. I had never been in an accident with all the driving drunk that I did. Um, so, but until that day when I was like uh, taking a patient's blood pressure and totally missed that it was sky high, off the charts, mm. and I said he was fine, and he walked out of the office and had a heart attack, oh my and. Gosh. That's when I finally put down the bat and I was like, okay, Uh, this guy almost died. It was my fault. I need to get some help. uh, So that day, I literally went to our uh, case manager who was working and I told her what was going on. I went to my PCP and they both worked really hard to get me into a program. Um, I went to McLean Hospital. They got me in there. Uh And I was there to detox because I was also, you know, dangerously, you know, when you have so much Klonopin in your system, Mm. you're at risk of seizures and you're at risk of high blood pressure yourself. And um, so I went there and I was there for five or six days. And then from there, I went down to the Cape and Mm. I was at a place called Recovering Champions. yeah. They said, you know, you'd be here 30 to 40 days. And I was like, okay. And um, it actually ended up being almost probably 50, 60.
2: Mm, wow.
1: They, yeah, they just kept saying, you know, you're not ready. And, um, But I've also battled um, eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, one addiction, you can't, you know, you can't have the drink anymore you can't deal with things that way I guess what happened was I kind of transferred addictions and went back to my eating disorder and because I wasn't eating and they saw that while I was still in the rehab I got sent to yet another program uh at Walden and it's like but in all that I've definitely learned you know how Because, you know, when I got discharged from there, I was there for another week. So, uh, total, I was in, like, three different hospitals in, like, three different months. And um, I came home and started going to AA. You know, I I definitely was hitting meetings. And, you know, got a sponsor, started working steps and and learning how to deal with life without having to do all that. Because the way I was going was not not good. The fact that I almost killed someone else because I was just so out of it and not there for my patients. It was like that, that was my bottom right there. It was like, okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's an that's a sobering event to have happen in your life. I mean, that's terrifying for me. Yeah. Just thinking about that. Um, so, so when you were, when you were like, when you were heaviest in your drinking, what were you, Mm -hmm. what were you drinking about? Like, were you, what were you coping? What were you coping over or dealing with that, you know, was just too much?
1: Well, a lot of it is because, um, you know, uh, this is, of course, a lot of the work over the years that I've done with therapy and everything. But I didn't know at the time that I was just stuffing the feelings down from the sexual assault, Mm -hmm. you know. And Mm -hmm. then on, on top of that, just growing up and never dealing with that. And, and then just everything else, all the pains of growing up, this is how I learned to deal with life. When something bad came up, something that I didn't know how to handle emotionally, that's how I handled it.
0: Yeah, that, that you, you trained yourself that this is how I cope with this like yep. the sho- yeah i shove it down and i just cope with it with feeling that way yeah i i definitely understand and resonate that especially with um my journey with my sexuality of just mm. you know especially being at Gordon in the early 2000s and um you know i know that there were um a, a few students who were not necessarily out but definitely um you know uh present and making themselves mm. known at, at gordon at that time um but you know that that's it's that's exactly why i was you know cope going to alcohol to cope with it um mm. um and and yeah similar to you I, mine didn't mine didn't really start until college and until i could actually like legally drink and i was like you know buying it for myself um that's when it really like took off. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um so before you got before you got to that point where you finally, you know, um gave up and you gave yep. in. Um were like how were your family or your friends or were were they noticing anything? Was anyone like asking you questions or mentioning stuff to you or anything like that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's like definitely was in denial because i would have people say you know we're concerned about you you know definitely they've voiced you know no no one set up a you know intervention like they have on tv or anything but i've definitely had many friends and family being like we're concerned about how much you drink we're concerned about how much you like hide away in your room and sleep how you know no one really knew about the pills because I would just take those but they would know that I was not acting myself yeah um and they would just be like something's off you have you ever talked to a therapist you know constantly people like that um you know and it's it's funny that I hear now that I just thought I was so good at hiding my feelings and hiding but you know a lot of people did see you know it's like if I talk to them now they're like yeah you think you were hiding it but we know you were hurting but we You know, it's like if someone doesn't want help, there's not much you can do, yeah. Except let them know you're there. You know, yeah. And I had a lot of friends that did that, and of course, I Mm -hmm. thought I thought I was the loneliest person in the world when I really was not. Yeah, you know. Yeah, isn't
0: that? It's one of the biggest lies that this that this disease tells us. Is yeah. You know, because, yeah, totally. I have the same understanding of, like, of remembering all the people who were around me at that time and not feeling and feeling like I was uh, alone. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Makes you feel worthless, that you just, you know, what you do is not worth anything, you know, and that, that's the depression. And that I definitely dually diagnosed. And so, you know, when I got sober... I was also compounded that with I got my gastric bypass surgery. So, trying that was a lot mm. to take on at one time. Um, yeah.
0: And they, and you know, that they, they definitely tell you in your early sobriety don't take too many things on. Oh, <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> don't make too oh, many yeah. changes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so, that's a big change to make in your first year. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and and so and so how was that for you so you said it was difficult
1: it was challenging definitely because it was like trying to balance you know the big changes that my physical body and mentally you know it's like the um the physical part because i was just eating less so also my stomach was smaller so and i did Go out and drink after the surgery because I was like, you know what? I heard people can drink after the surgery, no problem, which could not be further from the truth. You know, I oh, was I'm like, sure. yeah, I was so sick, so sick after that. <clears throat> you know, I was like, I literally thought that I was, I was dying. I, uh, and um, the doctor even was like. I, I don't know what you were thinking. I mean, you sat through these classes and we said, you know, alcohol, definitely, definitely not, especially right out of surgery, you know, in the first couple months. And, um, they were, they even said no soda, you know, the carbonation and things like that. So alcohol,
2: definitely. Oh, yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, yeah, but you would think that's enough to stop an alcoholic, but it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I stopped for a while, you know, I got about seven months sobriety And then I had a relapse um, with, you know, diet pills and going back to taking medications again because I fell back into that depression where I was like, you know, I was doing okay. You know, I got in that mindset and that my disease just took over. I stopped going to meetings, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I stopped taking my medicine. Mm -hmm. So I had a relapse then and then I had, I got three years uh in october this past year mm-hmm. and then i had a relapse again mm-hmm. um same thing it's i let my guard down and i'm working really hard with my sponsor now because
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's the same thing i gotten that too comfortable oh i got three years i'm good but you can't you need to stay vigilant with this disease because it is just doing ups in the parking lot waiting for you you yeah. know
0: yeah yeah Yeah, man, I, I'm so proud that you, you know, you just came right back quickly Mm. Um, because, you know, there's something I have heard many people say of like, of thinking about a relapse is like, you know, that you're going to be able to do it again, but you don't know if you're going to be able to come back. Exactly. You know, and, um, but yeah, I'm really grateful that you were able to come back and do it quickly. Um so so yeah so you were just like you just weren't going to meetings and you got really comfortable and you were just like I'm good I can do this like and yeah, yeah.
2: yep
1: I've got 3 years under my belt I can do this you know and it's like and now I definitely pay attention when I hear in meetings especially you know um, old timers that are like yeah I still think of a drink occasionally yeah. it doesn't it doesn't leave but you need to you know, not let your tools get rusty, you yeah.
0: know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, um, you know, like I was even at just some friend's house this weekend and, uh, you know, the husband brought out a bottle of whiskey and, um, pours poured some glasses for a couple of people and, um, you know, and they, they know, they know all about me. And, um, You know, but I'm grateful that they're comfortable enough to, you know, just be themselves in front of me. Uh, But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's definitely no question that I definitely look at that and go, "Yeah, okay, I remember." (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, I'm like, "Mm "Yeah, I remember what it what it felt like." Um, You know, and yeah, it is definitely the thing of like we can't let our guard down, and we got to just be vigilant and be doing stuff and doing stuff like this, like talking to other addicts and um, Mm -hmm. sharing our stories and. Hearing from other people. Um, so why why is sobriety and why are you chasing sobriety so hard? What what is so important about it for you?
1: Um. Well, one. Um. I lost my dad. Uh. Three years ago. Mm-hmm. And. You know that was also that was at the beginning of my sobriety as well. Um. <laughs> I was only four months four months sober. Wow when he passed and you know, and I, I just think of him a lot that he would want this for me. He wouldn't want me to live the way I was living um, and, and be so upset. And so like down on myself and he wants, he wanted the best for me, you know, him and I had a rocky relationship a lot of the time, but I know at the end of the day he wanted what was best for me and would do whatever he had to do. And you know, he he, it's inspiring me, you know, Yeah. and I really and I want to do it for myself and be there for my nephews and be, you know, mm-hmm. it's like and I have and I know when I don't go to meetings and how I feel, I start going on that downward slope and it's like when I when I don't reach out when I it's like that's when I get into trouble mm-hmm. and I need mm-hmm. I need it for myself to be able to this is like a new addiction. It's like a good addiction. It's like. I have to be at meetings because this is how I get through, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I I also am like, you know, I make sure that I go to at least at least one meeting a week, you know, like just to make sure that I'm like touching base with people. And mm-hmm. um, because, you know, gratefully with this podcast, I get to talk to a lot of addicts. So I feel very filled, um, you know, and, um, yeah. but I also know the importance of, you know what I'm filled. I have to go give. And, um, you know, I have to, I also need some time that I can sit and reflect and not maybe talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, you yes. know, just listen to other people. Yeah. Um, You know, I know the importance of that, but also like I know for myself like that walking and uh, physical exercise has become a very important thing for me. I mean, and especially just walking like, um, you know, I used to go to the gym and do all that stuff and I've been like, you know what, I I don't care anymore. I just want to like be healthy and feel happy and so you know i power walk a lot and i do like five miles a day but i know that when i don't when i start to not do that and i maybe skip a meeting and i'm like oh stuff is starting to creep back in you know Mm. and i'm like i gotta wake up tomorrow morning and just go for my walk that's the first thing i have to do and i just have to get it done and then i gotta go to you know um you know i i have those uh check marks in my life too of when i need like okay i might i might need to check back in with a couple people Yeah, absolutely yeah so so yes yeah, so that's a like, lot that was a lot at the beginning of your sobriety to have to deal with
1: oh it was yeah. but you know coming out of it i mean it's a struggle every day i will miss my dad i will but you know i can't let it take me out Yeah. You know, I I have to deal with it in a healthier way. And if anything, I've definitely reflected a lot with people I've lost in addiction, you know, friends that I've lost to addiction, you know. Oh, yeah. My dad. And it's like, you just never know who's leaving in the morning and not coming home at night and who's going to pick up and who, you know, it's like life is precious. And it's just, it's, you know, I say it every day. It's like, I just have to treat people with kindness, treat them the way I want to be treated and know that like, cause you don't know what inner demons people are battling with. And mm-hmm. just a simple, hi, how are you? can really, you know, lift someone up, you know? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't want to be putting people down and being a cause of someone's bad day. And, you know, I try not to be, I'm, I'm a human and I do fail, but, yeah, you know, definitely a work in progress.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was some good stuff. So, mm. so what are you? What are you? What are you uh, most diligently working on at this stage of your sobriety after just uh, coming back from a relapse? What are you? What are you focused on?
1: Um, my sponsor and I are working on. Um, you know, because I used to just back out of things. I would always lie and be like, yeah, I, I I would never commit to things. I would commit, but then I would back out. And then, you know, so I'm working a lot on, um, We you started back, I got it to like step four before mm-hmm. my relapse. And she's like, you know what, let's start over. We're starting over at step one.
2: Mm.
1: And so I just finished step one with her again. And we're really working on, you know, me, committing to people and following through on things. And mm-hmm. I'm actually doing 90 meetings in 90 days right now. Oh, cool. Um, that started back again because, it, you know, I said I was going to do it back in November when I relapsed and it didn't happen. And she's like, when are you going to get serious about this? And you know what? I don't like being called on my stuff, but you know, <laughs> it, it needed, it needed to be said. Yeah. It needed to be said. Uh, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, I'm really grateful that this lady is in my life because she is not afraid <laughs> to call me out on it and be like, listen, you know, this is what I've done. This is what I'm suggesting you do. You don't have to take it, but you know what? I'm strongly suggesting, you know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, uh, but I definitely learned that she, uh, what she says is, is, it's worth it definitely you know being open-minded to and having the willingness Mm. to to do what she says you know because it's like she's been there there's no alcoholic or addict that you can talk to that's going to be really shocked you think you have the worst story or the worst thing and it's like they look at you You're like yeah okay i've done that you know (laughs)
0: yeah oh yeah or or they're like or i know someone who did something even worse than that so (laughs) they're looking at you like yeah it's not that bad (laughs) right yeah Oh yeah. Well, that's, that sounds awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad for you and I'm really, really pleased. And I'm just so grateful that you are, um, choosing, choosing this life of sobriety, um, yeah. and take and, and putting yourself first and making yourself important, you know, because there's nothing wrong with being self-centered Um, you know, we, we need to center ourselves and, um, and take care of ourselves and, and be good to ourselves. It's when we move the self-centeredness to selfishness that, you know, that's when things start to go bad, you know? Absolutely. And, and like what you're working on with your sponsor, you know, the, um, just committing to things, but also, you know, if, if you can't, then just say you can't and be okay with that. And. You know, if you, you know, just be good to yourself. If You don't have to, you don't have to volunteer for
1: everything. <laughs> like uh, Right. <laughs> yeah. That, that got in the way a while too, because I would find myself saying, yes, I'll work this extra shift. Yes, I'll work overtime. Yes, this, you know, I, I would yes myself literally to death yeah. with my bosses. And when I finally, because I realized that was like, Basically, yet another addiction I was I was going to work and staying late, so I didn't have to come home and deal with anything else, you know, yeah, and it's like that's not really healthy either. am i I'm like, holy moly, that's what I'm doing exactly, you know, yeah, and uh, so when I finally started setting up boundaries, you know, telling my boss no, they literally looked at me and said, "Did you just say no? So I was like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yes, I did, and I mean that.
1: <laughs> I mean that. I can't work tonight. I'm going home, and I'm gonna just probably just sit on my butt. To be completely honest, I yeah. don't have to work the shift because you lost you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, it's like they have to step back and realize, and it's, I've done that with a couple of people. People have done it with me, you know, set boundaries because when I was in active addiction, you know, I've built up a a distrust with some people and it's going to take time to get it back. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The people who are going to stick around are worth it. You know, it's like, it's a, it's, it's a great program. Like uh, the more I'm just getting like into it and getting involved and getting in service work. I'm like, you know, these people are amazing. Mm -hmm. What these people have overcome in life and, and it's just, I work as a nurse and I, I know some nurses that they see people that are coming in and on these medications or, uh, do you know what MAT is? No. Medication assisted treatment. So they're on like a program. So they come in and they're, uh, you know, they're on oxycodone, but they're being monitored like urine samples and, and things like that. Um, to make sure they're taking the right dose, the right amount when they need to take it. Yeah. And, um, these nurses that are like, oh, well, the drug addict's coming in again, or this or that. It's like, how do you even stand yourself for like just passing judgment on this guy that you don't even know what's going on? Yeah, you don't know his story. You don't, you know. And I think yeah, that makes me a more the, compassionate nurse. <laughs>
0: yeah, where's the empathy? Like, right? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I feel like empathy is one of the b- biggest things that is lacking in our world right now. <laughs> 100 um, percent just, it just it just breaks my heart but yeah you're right like come on that they're a person too like yeah so yeah everybody's
1: got a story you
0: know everybody's got a story <laughs> well yeah. yeah well Corey, i am so glad that you are back and just loving it and I, i'm really grateful that you you came on and told your story and we're just honest and vulnerable but like You know, just come, you telling your story, it just was awesome how comfortable you were just being like, you know what, this happened and I'm, I'm working on it and I'm really
1: proud of Mm. you for that. So thank thank you. you Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, as always, thank you for listening to the podcast and especially to my friend Corey's story. Corey, I just want to say thank you again for coming on, for being so honest and so real about where you are in your life and what's going on. And just, I'm going to keep encouraging you to call me or call your friends or, just be the person you are and, and let us know if you ever need help again. Um, that's the you know the wonderful thing about this podcast and these stories and the connections I've been making. It's just getting in touch with people and being available for people because that's what this is about. It's about community. To get through sobriety, you need community. Man, I can't tell you enough how much you actually need community out there. Um, and you know i know relapse is a part of a lot of people's stories it happens to them and it's real and it's true and it's hard and it sucks and i've known people who've um relapsed uh, after 20 years of sobriety uh it doesn't it it's possible for anybody and that's a terrible terrifying thing um but that's why you know we keep doing what we're doing we keep going with the program we keep calling people Uh, we make sure that people know that they are loved and cared for and that they can reach out to us when they need us. Uh, That's the whole point. So all that to say, thank you again for being here. Um, Next week is going to be a very special episode. It's going to be a little different, but I hope that you join us. And as always, if you are a sober addict and want to come on, I would love to have your story. I would love for you to tell your story. So you can get in touch with me at my website, whyareyousober.org, or you can email me at sam at whyareyousober.org. And as always, you can find me on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, all of it. So with that, I thank you all. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. I am heading off to go do a half marathon with my family in San Diego, so I can't wait. And I'm wishing you all a whole lot of peace, love, and joy. Bye.